There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg. Not quite sure, it's make up its mind whether it's going to be winter or summer today. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. And on another amazing Erev Shabbos, Baruch Hashem to Hashem has given us another week, another opportunity to greet Shabbos Malkus, and that's already enough of a reason for a rejoicing, for a for a simchol. Of course, we are in the period of time where Mishanichnas Av Mematin B'Simcha. When Simcha come, when Av comes in, we minimize certainly our external manifestations of Simcha, but of course we continue to serve our Kodesh Baruch Hu and we continue to get the joy and the kick and the amazing uh, uh, lift that we get from <coughs> from studying Hashem's Torah and doing Hashem's Mitzvahs. I hope your Erev Shabbos has been a, an amazing, amazing one as we go into Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Matis Mase, which is the great double head of the, say, say, the mother of all of all Shabbos Pashas. It's the longest Kriyas Torah of the entire of the entire year, and there's lots of stuff, lots of uh, material uh, uh, in it. Uh, this is, of course, the second Shabbos of the three weeks between Shabbos uh, Tammuz, uh, the 17th of Tammuz, and Tisha B'Av. Uh, so we're going to read the special Haftarah, the second chapter of Yirmiyahu, of Jeremiah, which again is God's castigation and, and criticism of some of the practices and some of the activities of the, of the Jewish, of the Jewish nation. And, uh, that uh, kind of sobers us up and gets us ready. Please, God, Tishba, we know will be next week. Next, uh, it should be officially. It should be next Shabbos. That's actually the date of the ninth of Av. But of course, Shabbat in its sublimity and its in its joy and its state of 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 how we have to celebrate it can never be a fast day except if it's Yom Kippur, and therefore we push off the fast until Moitzay Shabbos until Saturday night and and Sunday, and observe it then actually officially on the 10th of uh, Av rather than on the, on, the, uh, on the 9th. The idea we want to speak about today is one that I think we perhaps speak about on a, on a regular basis. It's something that is, is needs to be uh, 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 spoken about on a, on a regular basis because it's such an important, such an important uh, uh, topic. It, it resonates in everything we do and every activity we undertake and uh, in everything we're involved. And that is, of course, the, the great obligation of, uh, of ourselves to be cognizant, to be aware of all the amazing things that people around us, the people are in our environment, people in our family uh, do to us. And, of course, one of the great sources for that is, of course, in this week's Pasha where Hashem commands Moshe Rabbeinu Nekayim Nekmas B'nei Yisrael where Moshe Rabbeinu is told take the revenge for the Jewish nation against the Midianim against the Midianites and afterwards you will be gathered onto your onto your people and uh, five sukkum later it says that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't go out himself rather he sent Pinchas to lead the army and the Das Zikain in Balatosis uh, explains that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu to avenge uh, from Midian himself. But 
he sent others to do it. The reason being, since he grew up in Midian, he said that it would be improper for him to destroy them because they, in fact, had done him a favor. And as people, in fact, say that if you drank from a pit, don't throw dirt into it. And this is, of course, uh, the source of this is in the Medrash, in the Medrash uh, Tanchuma. Rav Simchus Broide, in his uh, Sefer, Sam Derech, explains this, this, this Nukud as follows. He says, we learn from here a, a, a very deep lesson about HaKorosetayv, about gratitude. Moshe Abenu, whose entire life was dedicated to fulfilling the mitzvahs of Hashem Yisbarach, and who yearned with everything he had, with his entire being, to do every single mitzvah, as he see that he prayed 515 tefillahs to be allowed to enter Eretz Yisrael. Why, and why do you go into Eretz Yisrael's Lamedrash? In order to fulfill the mitzvahs that only apply in Eretz Yisrael. And here, he was given an explicit commandment from Hashem just before his passing to take revenge against Midian. At such a time, we certainly, he certainly greatly desired to do what it was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had told him to do even on his own. However, almost incredibly, he chose not to perform this mitzvah on his own. Instead, he appointed Pinchas as his shliach, as his agent, to, to do it. Why did he do that? Because of his gratitude to the land where he had been raised over 40 years earlier. This sense of Akar Satayv forced him to not do anything bad to this, to this land. In, in his eyes, such a course of action for him to have, have gone to war against them was not, uh, uh, was not even a, a situation of being exemplary was not considered ab- above the the letter of the law. Rather, that's how he felt he was actually obligated to act. And this was, again, despite the fact that the people of Mingan were not exactly our friends. They were, on, on the contrary, they were, they were arch enemies of the Jewish nation who had caused the Yidden to do terrible, ter- terrible avarice and had brought about the, the death of, of 24,000 Jews in a, in a, in a plague. Still, and after all, Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't harm, right? Even this, even this horrible and deplorable nation, even though he had been commanded by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to do so because of his own innate sense of HaKadosh of gratitude to them. And he continues off. We learn from here. That the obligation of Akara Satayv means that one may never do anything bad to anyone who has ever done any good to you. As saying goes, that one who does so is compared to throwing rocks into the well that he has drunk from. And from this expression, we see that even an act of throwing stones into a well is considered a show of total ingratitude. And we can perhaps even further be amazed by the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu actually, in, in not himself going to fight Midian, was actually defying an explicit commandment of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even if he had a good reason to not want to 
harm Midian due to his own Hakarasatayv, how could he? How could he go and defy Hakadosh Baruch Hu's command to take revenge, which seemingly meant that he himself had to had to do it? So we have to answer that because he understood the obligation of Hakarasatayv so well and so and so intensely. He knew without a shadow of a doubt that the command could not be for him to do it himself. And he knew that that was exactly the Ratzin of HaKadosh Baruch that he was meant, in fact, to appoint someone else, to appoint a shliach to do it on his, on his, uh, on his behalf. And we see so often, so many examples of, of how important, of how important HaKadosh Baruch uh, of course, is even in, in, in any kind of situation, we're told that there, there are certain nations, the nations of Amorim Moyov, right? Uh, uh, who the Torah says in, in Pashkisetse, they may never enter the congregation of Hashem, even after ten generations. And the Torah says that the reason for this is because they did not greet us with bread and water when we left Mitzrayim, and because they hired Bilam, to, to curse us. Now the Ramban explains by pointing out that Amun and Moyev were, as we know, direct descendants of Lot, who was the recipient of the Chesed, who was the recipient of the kindness of Amavinu, who had risked his life to save him from, from, from captivity. And it was an Avram's merit that Lot and his daughters were actually saved from uh, from the destruction of Sodom. They therefore should have had gratitude and acted kindly to Klal Yisrael, but instead they acted wickedly towards them. Mayav, as the Pasuk says, hired Bilam to curse them, and Amoin didn't greet them with bread and water when they came, when they were passing by on the way out of, on the, out of way of Mitzrayim. And the Ramban adds, therefore... They are not deserving of becoming ever part of the nation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu because a almost foundational aspect of being a Yid, of joining, of being part of Klai Yisrael is this concept of HaKadosh and gratitude. And one who lacks this trait can never ever be part of, of, of Klai Yisrael. And, uh, and uh, we see that when uh, the first three Makas, when Moshe Rabbeinu was sent to Mitzrayim to perform the Yeser, the Yeser Makas, so uh, he told Moshe to tell Aaron to hit the water and turn it into into blood. And Rashi explains that Moshe could not hit the river because it had protected him when he was a baby, and he therefore he needed to have Hakorasatoyv, Hakorasatoyv. Uh, 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 for it. And, and the Makas which were creating a tremendous Kirish Hashem, and it was a, a tremendous merit for even the river to have participated, to be part of this. Still and after all, Moshe Beinu could not perform the act of hitting the water out of his tremendous sense of, of Akarasatayv to it. And of course, Water is an inanimate object and has no feelings. And furthermore, the water in the uh, in, in a river is, is not the same water. It's constantly flowing all, all the time, and it's not the, the same water that had been there years when Moshe hit it. 
Ramesh was saved by it, nevertheless one is obligated still to show to show uh, to show Hakaris Hakaris And we know that it, it extends even in a situation where the where the uh, item involved had no intention of of uh, of helping you. We find that uh, that uh, by Ruvain, the, the Medrash the Medrash brings down that uh, Ruvain rescued Yosef from the pit that his brothers were trying to throw him into, out of a sense of Akarasatayv. What was his Akarasatayv? That when Yosef had his dream, in which he saw eleven stars representing the eleven Shvatim bowing down to him, Ruvain said. I thought I was going to be pushed out because of the sin that I did, whichever it was, in, in rearranging his father's beds. But now I see that since he, since Joseph counted me as one of the, as one of the Shvatim, so then I have a curse of time. And how can I not go and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and save him? So what's happened? Why? Why? How come today this isn't a meter that we practice? We'll come back and discuss that in a minute. We're going to take a short break now. This is 1.9 Chai FM on Soul to Soul, the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chaifam. We're back on the radio here in Johannesburg on Air Shabbos Kaddish Pashas Matas Masse. As we do it all, or as we always do at this time in the show, just to give you the important times you need to know for this coming Shabbos, the latest time for getting one candles up and lit this afternoon is at 24 minutes past 5, 524 is the latest man for Lighting Shabbos candles, but as always, let's try. Let's add a few extra minutes to Shabbos. Let's try to get our act together so we can accept and and grab a few extra minutes of the kedusha Shabbos. That would be an amazing, amazing thing for all of us to do, if at all, if at all possible. And Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at quarter past six. Six fifteen is when Shabbos is over. Men, remember that the on on Shabbos, so one is of course allowed to uh, eat wine and drink. Eat meat and drink and drink wine as one woman do uh, uh, normally, and only after Shabbos is over again all the restrictions uh, 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 come back and no no meat and and no wine and no washing etc. All the all the laws that we know apply during the the nine days. So uh, just to deal for a second with this question, how come today we don't find that people exhibit to such a great degree this this uh, this mida of of showing, of showing, uh, a, a gratitude. How come we don't necessarily always show thanks for what, uh, uh, we receive? And, and perhaps the, 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 uh, the, uh, the concept is linked that we live in an era where there's a kind of a very, very strong concept of, of self entitlement, uh, uh, that people, that people feel that somehow, uh, I, I deserve. And, you know, Akar Satayv is, is really recognizing that we owe thanks for what we receive because we don't actually deserve everything. Everything we get is a gift from Akadish Baruch. In fact, uh, uh, it was said best by Leah when she had uh, her fourth child, Yehuda. She says, This time I will thank Hashem for I have received more than my portion. 
Today, unfortunately, people think they deserve whatever they get, and, and they don't even realize that whatever we have is a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we don't deserve any of it. And therefore, it's just incumbent on every single person in the entire world to recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us everything we have, and He did it solely out of His own goodness and not because we're entitled actually to to anything. Once we realize this, then we can be grateful for whatever it is that we that we uh, have. And if we change the way we look at things, so then we recognize that the one most deserving of our gratitude is of course the Ribbonishlam Hashem is Baruch, who gives us everything and provides all of our needs, despite the fact that we don't deserve any of it, if we if we look at our own conduct and our own merits, we're not really deserving of any of the things that that we get. And and this is a mafurish a, a in 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 a gemara explicit in a gemara in in nida, which explains is a pasuk in in tehillim that says avarech uh, Hashem. Uh, Why? I'll translate to English. Who, who performs all kinds of wonders alone? And blessed is his glorious name forever. This means that even the one who has nisim, who has miracles performed for him, doesn't necessarily recognize the, the miracle and where it comes from. The Mashal in, in explains in the Gemara there that in the beginning, it's as if HaKadosh Baruch Hu performs wonders alone. What does that mean? as even the recipient himself doesn't even realize that a miracle has been done for for him. Later on, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kindness becomes evident, so then we say, oh, bless HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name forever, to thank him and express his gratitude for, 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 for the miracles. And of course, in order to do this, one needs to contemplate every situation that we find ourselves in, every different confrontation, every different, every different challenge that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends our way and see how he was helped by HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kindness and realize how much gratitude he actually owes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And of course, the opposite is, is true. God forbid a person who has no Gratitude. That that's the worst. That's the worst meter that can lead to fear. That can lead to to the to the to the worst kind of uh, the worst kind of things. Let's let's uh, take take the opportunity. And we say we, we why are we called? Oh, it's mentioned this a few weeks ago. Why are we called Yehudim? So Yehuda, we know, was given his name by his mother uh, 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 Leah, who said Hapam Oides Hashem. And that's why she called his name Yehuda. And Rashi explains, I took more than my portion. Now I have a reason to thank Hashem. We see that the name Yehuda was given to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, and, and to acknowledge that what we have been given is given to us from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even though it's, it's much more than what we, what, uh, than our portion, much more than we ever, ever deserve. And Klaiso are therefore known as Yehudim. Right? And, and, and we, we take on the name of Yehuda. This is because this fundamental aspect of our nation is our And thanking the Rabbani for all he does for us. It is therefore our duty 
to to not only have this trait ourselves, but to imbue uh, uh, this sense of gratitude to our children, to all those in, in our environment, so that it becomes something that resonates in every person in the bosom of every single uh, a Jew throughout the entire throughout the entire the world. We are busy with the laws of Amir Liakum of uh, of uh, what a a a Jew is allowed or not allowed to do uh, uh, for you on uh, on uh, on on Shabbos. So we were we were talking about that uh, several examples where a a guy is a non Jew is allowed to do something for you in a situation where there could be a, a, a tremendous loss if it's not done, or in a situation of a of a mitzvah where one is allowed to ask a a non a non Jew to do to do certain to do certain uh, uh, things. Uh, I think we may have even given the uh, the example of uh, if the, if your shofar would get stuck or is somehow in your treehouse and you need to be able to blow it on Rosh Hashanah so you can't climb a tree because the Jews not allowed to have any benefit from a tree on Shabbos or Yontif, but one may, one may request the Ein Yehudi to go up and uh, and get the tree from him on uh, on, on Rosh Hashanah. Or if you need uh, need to make Kiddush, uh, Kiddush let's say, on, on Shabbos and there's no wine uh, around or you need your davening and you need... Uh, some sedurim to, the, to be brought to the venue where you are davening, you're again allowed to request that they uh, that they be brought so long as the place where they're going to be transported is only a commerce, only a place that has the status of a public area on a rabbinic level, not a not a Torah level. More is coming your way in a moment. We're going to go to the shops and take a little break. This is 101.9 on this. The show, the show is, of course, soul to soul. Don't run away. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we're back for the last segment of our show on the radio today. We are talking about what a an en Yehudi is not allowed to do for you on on Shabbos and what you can do. So we said that uh, you can bring wine for your meal. You can bring sedurim. If let's say you're missing a component of your Shabbos meal, that is an essential part of the meal. I don't know the chont is somewhere and not you somehow not in your house, and you can't have a Shabbos lunch without your your chont. So therefore, since it is an essential part of the meal, and you really if you didn't have that, you'd just be eating pretzels. Then you're allowed to ask the Inanju to to uh, bring that area again through an area that is a rabbinically constituted public domain and not a not a total one. Similarly, one would be allowed to request from a Inanju to carry something or move something that is actually mukta in order to prevent some kind of a a loss. Let's say for for example, one is allowed to ask a, a non-Jew, let's say there's some money that has become uh, uh, scattered. I'm not sure why you were even handling money, but whatever, someone's money is is now in the in the uh 
outside or, or in a scattered place. So if you're worried that that money might get lost or might get, uh, might get, uh, permanently borrowed, so you're allowed to ask the, uh, the non-Jew to go and pick it up for, for you. Or let's say, uh, um, something is, you have something outside and, uh, if it looks like it's about to rain and it would get messed up in the in the rain and become perhaps unusable, won't be allowed to ask the non-Jew to carry it inside to prevent it from getting from getting uh, 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 damaged. Uh, right. Um, let's say there was a a, uh, a some kind of a, some kind of a, a, a door that was banging or or, or, or squeaking. And that made it virtually impossible to fall fall asleep. So again, one can ask from the en Yehudi to maybe to to oil it, to put something in it in the, in in the hinges, so that uh, that again, it's only an isur derabanan to put oil in in, in to do to do such a thing, because uh, because the truth is, even without the oil, one could use those uh, those uh, those doors. Uh, uh, and nevertheless, uh, uh, you can. You, therefore, it's only in Israel, and I can ask the the Yehudi to to uh, to do it. Similarly, let's say you were sleeping in a room and there were all kinds of flies and mosquitoes buzzing around you. They seem to like to come, especially when the time, when a person is trying to go to sleep, and therefore you're unable to to fall asleep. So again, one is allowed to ask a non-Jew even to to spray. Some kind of a, a a poison, give them a little bit of a, a a doom a doom exposure, and and to kill them. Why? Because so long as you are not killing them for the purpose of actually using them, so again that downgrades the prohibition again only to a a rabbinic uh, a prohibition. Therefore. A, a, a non-Jew can, uh, can do it in, in a situation where there's a great need and, and your sleep on Shabbos is definitely a great, a great, uh, a need. And, and even if there's something that is, is an argument or is disputed amongst the authorities, whether in fact such an activity is an isidrabonon or an istorasa, whether it's a rabbinic or a biblical prohibition, still, one would be allowed in that case to ask the in Yehudi to to do it if, again, very important, if what's involved is the performance of a mitzvah or some other great and urgent type of need. And again, the reason being, since the very concept of instructing a non-Jew to do something is in itself only only rabbinic, only rabbinic prohibition. So again, so we have. Uh, uh, two, then a double jabonon. We have a doubt. Uh, uh, we have the prohibition of telling the non-Jewish jabonon. We have a situation where we're not even sure what type of of iser it is. Therefore, it is it is permitted. And uh, similarly, if the light went out in in the let's say in in a base medrash or in a shul, one can ask a goy to put the the light on in an unusual way because uh, again. Doing it in an unusual way is is only a a, a rabbinic a rabbinic uh, isra, and if he can't do it that way, then he could even put it on 
in a normal way because it's a mitzvah, a public mitzvah. People should have life when they daven or learn, and you can you can uh, you can do it. And of course, uh, uh, if you give him something, if you give him something to do in that room where he has a reason to put on for himself, that would be even that would be an even better situation. As usual, we've come to the end of our rope. Time to run off and do what we need to do uh, to get ready. For, for Shabbos. So just left one minute left before they took me out of here. And to thank you all for joining us, for being part of our radio family, for taking the time to listen to the show and even more for occasionally dropping a line or letting me know, hey, I listen to the show because, you know, we sit here in the stadium alone, just me and, me and Craig and, you know, we don't even know if there's anyone out there listening. So let us know that you're there. Let us know that you enjoy it. Let us know that you Hate it and you want us to do something different and we should rather tell, tell stories. Whatever it is, let, let us know that there's a world out there. In the meantime, have a fantastic, fantastic Shabbos Chazak. When it's Chazak, we're going to finish the book of Bamidbar tomorrow, which means we're getting ready for safer Devarim. Shoot, some story is not that far away. Anyway, to each and every one of our radio family, a big thank you, a big yashkaya for being part of the show. And to each and every one of you, take care of yourselves, stay connected, stay inspired, stay learning, and have a wonderful, wonderful good show. Tchau,